Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership, and let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works without the BS. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. Welcome back, everybody, to the Chuck Norris version of the No More Leadership BS podcast. Why the Chuck Norris version? Because Chuck Norris can do a three-hour podcast in 20 minutes, and that's what we're going to do today because we got hard stop times for people. Our topic today, coming to you live from wherever we are in our homes across the United States, we have Dr. Sam Jennings, Jeff Conroy, Jeff Geyer, and Miss Myra Hall, and I am Jeff Geoff McLaughlin. And our topic today is the seriousness of play, a topic that I happen to love with all my heart and soul. It's the basis of my entire profession. And it's very interesting how play affects people in the workplace. And not the typical play that people are talking about that people think, oh, I'm going to play, you're going to play games, you're going to do team builds, blah, 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 whatever. I don't really care. I'm talking about the play between people that connects them as human beings. And so I'm going to pose a question to you. And I'd like you to think about it for a very quick second. When was the most fun you ever had at a job? When was the most fun you ever had at a job? Conroy, you're already nodding your head. You're like, oh yeah, I, I know. When for you was it? You director, have something in mind? Yeah, director of the United Way. It was the most fun because it was 60% of the job was going out and getting to talk to people and building relationships. And that was a blast. That was so much fun. Uh, so just the talk, the, the, the part of building relationships and being able to work with people. Yeah, that was, a, that was fun. Yeah. It was really fun. Okay. Awesome. Anybody else? Where else was the most fun? You, when was the most fun you had in a job? So one of my most fun was uh, when I was at the, what's formerly known as the Missouri Academy. So it was a nerd herd. I achieved high school age students, go to college and work at the university that I'd already worked at. So it was a great institution, really bright students, which sometimes got them and us into trouble and good staff. And it was fun for me to engage students directly, help my staff engage them more effectively. It was just an environment where continuous improvement was literally a part of our culture. And how can we do a little bit better was a part of our operating procedure. And it was awesome. And we had fun and silliness and ridiculousness and difficult things. And it, it, it was just a smooth operation that was fun to be in. Yeah, the continual improvement of oneself and the process to just yeah. get to the next level. It's right. like a challenge. It becomes a yeah. puzzle. It really is a puzzle. Yeah. Yep. It just engage. It was good. That was great. Yes. So you, you celebrate where you are and go, that was awesome. Live through it. And then say, okay, and what's next? Not to say it wasn't good enough, but boy, we get to continue to improve. Yeah. It was a good place. Absolutely. Absolutely. Myra or Jeff. I, I'm one of those people that is going to say, oh, team building, <laughs> get away from me. That, that is not fun. That's a waste of my time and I don't enjoy it. I have a tendency to be more serious and like to dig in deep and that type of thing. But the most fun I think that I ever had is as a team and as part of Remax, we supported the Children's Miracle Network. You know, we gave um, a portion out of every commission toward that charity. 
And one one year we got the idea because they had a community uh, garage sale in this town of Yorktown that I was working out of. And we thought, you know what? We all have a bunch of junk. Why don't we bring our junk and raise money for the Children's Miracle Network? And instead of pricing it, which we all hated to do, we'll just go on donation basis. Somebody finds something they want, they put something in the cup and and we're good to go. That was literally the most fun of anything that I have ever done because we worked together and got excited. We got to talk to people that were literally miracle kids that have gone to the the Riley Hospital and and the different hospitals that are supported by that. And it was totally an uplifting day. Everything because we did it together, because it was a shared vision and we raised, we didn't raise a whole bunch of money, but some people were really cheap and would put a quarter in. Other people gave us $20 for nothing. So I think it averaged out, but we got more recognition as a team working together towards something from the local community. And we were just all filled. I think we raised $500 that day, which was no small amount, but it certainly wasn't like huge amounts of money because it wasn't about the money. And that was, that was play to me. That was pure joy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. How about you, Jeff? For for me, Jeff, and Myra just said it, I, I was thinking about what, what were the things that brought me joy? And I'm, I'm not sure play and joy are the same things. And in fact, I'm, I'm struggling trying to think of a time where I thought I was or was intentionally playing at work. But there are numerous things in the different companies that I led that brought me a whole bunch of joy. And most of those things were centered around when people that I worked with would come to me and to have me help them solve a problem or to figure out an issue or get over a a challenge, those kind of things. I remember one time I received a phone call from one of the employees who had just been in a um, car accident. She had been rear-ended and her kids were in the car and her husband was unavailable and she called me to to help her, which I did. And that's not play, but it certainly made me joyful. I would like people to notice, all of you listeners, that there has been a specific theme. We've talked about people. We've talked about processes and procedures. We've talked about giving back. We've talked about overcoming challenges. All is different forms of play. And what I would like you to notice is that play is somewhat subjective because it's for what you like. It's personal. It's very much a an intrinsic kind of what brings you joy, but it also brings people and teams together. And so when you can find play in your environment, in your workplace, that helps you to attune to other people on your team, your productivity will increase. I was just listening to a story. It was Dr. Lieberman, Dr. Matthew Lieberman, who's done a lot of research on the brain. And he talks about the default mode network in your brain. And what happens to your brain when you stop doing a task, you literally stop. It can be for, let's say you're doing a basic math problem, two plus two. You look at it and you go two plus two equals four. But now you've got 60 other questions that are the same math problem. And you take a brief couple of seconds to do nothing. Your default mode network actually activates in your brain and you start to think, whether consciously or subconsciously, 
about your social connections and where you are and how you interact with other people. And that's your default mode network. And that is on constantly in the background, which is absolutely fascinating because it is all about the people that you are in social contact with all the time. So if we're going to spend 40, 60, 80 hours a week at work doing a job, doing a career, doing something, the play that you engage in at work is absolutely vital for the relationships that you will create at work. Are you nodding your heads? Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. Huh? But here's the hard yep. part. Send a link. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> it's a phenomenal book. It's called Social. You'll love it. It's amazing. Because it's all about the brain research and the science behind actually what happens. And we talk about the DACC, the, the dorsal anterior cortical singular cortex, which is this part of your brain at the very top. People can't see that because I'm- The mohawk part here. of your brain. It's the, the mohawk part of your brain. Exactly. And you can see when it acts, when it starts to light up. And the cool thing about it is that we all, because a brain is, we all have a mind, we all have a brain, but the mind is the sum of all your life's experiences. And it's different for every single person on the planet. So we have 8 billion different minds running around the world and we can connect based on similarities, the, the commonalities that we have. If we have those things in common with somebody at work where we enjoy the processes and procedures and we enjoy making that good, that is a form of play in itself. I was just also listening to um, a guy who's, oh, I can't remember his name now. He's a, he's a local speaker here in Coeur d'Alene. He's the financial Sam. Oh, Sam Volkenauer. Yeah, yeah, Sam. Oh my gosh. He's the he's a finance guy. He's literally takes the numbers and he looks at all the things. For me, death by by, by spreadsheet. Yeah. But he did. makes it so much fun. It's English. He is absolutely. Yeah. He, he takes the, the uh, this incredibly complex thing and turns it into something simple and engaging. Even though for me, that's like the most boring thing in the world. Yeah. I could watch him for hours. He's an because economist. He's so playful. Yeah, yeah, there we go. He's, an, he's economist. an economist. Yeah. Yeah. He should be a rogue economist. I keep trying to entice him into public speaking and he's, I don't want to do that. And yet every time I see him, he's like the most engaging speaker I've yes. ever seen. I've seen him numerous times. And I, and when I see he's speaking, I'm like, I'm going because absolutely I, I learned something. I'm entertained and I leave out of there going, man, I didn't know that. He, every single time. Smart dude. He's a very smart dude. And he plays. He, he, you can see the playful nature in what he does yeah. because he loves, like for him, the engagement is, I love finding out the things that make the other things work. And why does this make this happen? Why does this make this happen? For him, it's that playfulness of what do the numbers mean and how do we apply them to doing something else? Yeah. So the play is completely subjective. And yet we still use the word play for almost everything we do. You can play sports, you play video games, you play with your friends. It's how you become truly connected with other groups of people. And so my next question for you, and I know this will be a tough one, but how do you think you could incorporate play with your teams and or clients to increase engagement and or productivity for them? You mean besides hiring you to come and help me? Besides hiring me to come and help you, yes. <laughs> which I am always more than willing to do it for anybody. I love it. It's my passion. I love to try and help people figure out how to play in the workplace. I mean, I guess since I asked that, that question, Geoff, for me, it would be helping me and therefore helping our team 
understand the definition of play because what you were just talking about there wasn't in my definition of what play means. And so when, when you say, in fact, I think however long ago it was when I met you in a professionals at play, I thought, okay, what's this guy doing? Does he, does he he's like creating a pickleball league or what? He's not really that old, but what's he doing? And, and yeah, play based on the description you just gave, I, I think a lot of us are playing when we don't realize we were playing. And once we gain that realization, how much more powerful will the play be? So for me, it's really getting everybody and myself included to understand what playing at work and in the rest of our life really does mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right on. That's solid gold. Like understanding what play means to you and what it means to your clients and what it means to them in their workplace, mm -hmm. because it's going to be different for everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you said playful attitude, rather than trying to, th I think of play as tag your it or what we did as kids. But when you apply that to the adult, and I, this is where my mind went, is play to me is something that I lose myself in, that I enjoy because I enjoy it, not because I have to do it. And that can be, I, I get, if I have a what if moment and I get lost in looking for the answer. That's play. That's complete play to me. If I have, a, you've got to clean the bathroom in the living room this week. That is not play. That's not fun. I have to do it. I it gets it. done, but not with the same attitude. If So that puts a whole different definition on play for me. Yeah. And for you, though, that, that really that piece of getting to go in and dive deep into solving problems, that that puzzle aspect of, where are those things that I can affect and how can I help others to achieve what they need to achieve? That is a form of play in and of itself. And you really mm -hmm. get to dive in and be fully immersed in it. That's a sense of play. Mm -hmm. And so it's that's just that definition yeah. change. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. And the way I engage my clients in play is completely different than, for example, this group. I'm a bit of a smarty pants. I'll throw out some wild comment, just get, a reaction and I enjoy that and I think it's fun. That's not the right kind of play with my clients. So I will ask them just about a highlight from the week. What was one of your favorite things? And as they start to tell the story and you can see the mood light in their face light up a little bit, I, I just keep going down that path. Right? What felt good about that? And what was the reaction of the other person involved and get them to tell their story so they get lifted up. And it's so much fun because their mood jumps. I happen to enjoy it. And they get to see that their work, even though there's a lot of work at work, and also a lot of fun. And being able to put a, a, a label on that is very healthy and I enjoy it thoroughly. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. There's a, actually for you, Dr. Sam, I'm going to introduce you to, I think, I, know, I don't know if you know, Brian Fretwell from Finding Good, that whole, his whole thing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely brilliant. Like that, that, what you just did was like a story exchange. Absolutely fantastic. And there's a whole bunch of science that goes behind it when they relive that experience because the brain yep. doesn't recognize between reality and you're reliving an experience, your brain just right. goes, Oh, it's happening again. And you get the same dopamine endorphins and serotonin release as you did before. But yeah. then that's shared with the other person who's listening to the story and it's a mood lifter for everyone. So right. just simply asking that, that question, what was your favorite part of the week mm -hmm. at work? It like it catalogs in their brain, solidifies a, a positive pathway 
of, oh yeah, there are good things going on. Right. And if they like, nothing, nothing's going good. What's the least crappy thing? Exactly. What'd you hate the least? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it changes and it actually changes people's brains. And it's absolutely, see, again, playing with the brain, playing with words, yep. playing with how do we ask better questions for our clients? I love it. I get a kick out of it. Mr. Conroy, how about you? What was the question? I'm sorry. I don't know. I forgot. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. where are we? What's going on here? He, he wasn't, he was playing. He wasn't paying attention. I was. In his head, he was like, I'm playing my game. I'm doing my thing. I was going to say, how are, uh, what are some things that you think playful wise? Because I know that the position that you're in and you, yeah. you do get yeah. to work with people and you are working. Yeah. What, how do you incorporate play or playfulness for you into your job with teams? One is my personality. I hate to say it. My personality. It's kind of a thing. Yeah. I'm, it's a thing. I'm a smart ass. So it's just playing, joking with them, playing with them, being casual with them. But I also like to bring things like, I call them gigas and doodads. Bring toys, bring little handouts, bring a bag of candy, have some fun. Hey, how are you guys doing? Oh, it's health center week. Yeah. Let's, here's a bag of candy for health center week. Let's be healthy type stuff. We, we're, we're <laughs> sugar next, next month is Halloween. So we're already talking about doing something for Halloween and, and how do we get the staff involved with that? And we're already talking about the holidays and stuff with that. We're talking about having a recognition for birthdays and anniversaries. Everybody's birthday. I've created a gift, uh, a little picture that says happy birthday to you. And every month I upload everybody's birthday and I schedule them. So everybody gets a, a happy birthday because some people don't even get a happy birthday. Right. And I'm going to say I, I get about a 90% return with thank you. And I'm like, you know, my, my pleasure. And I hope you have a great day. People need to hear that stuff. So uh, I just try to keep it light. That's the great thing. After 30 years of being a, a CEO, I get to play. I get to play now and have fun. I don't care what the board says. <laughs> They're not going to show you the door. I'm just doing my job. So it's fun. So that's always been my personality. But like I said earlier, I think it was stifled by I'm a leader now. So I'm going to be the leader. And I had to learn to have fun and collaborate. And that's fun. But having fun with people and building relationships and remembering people's backstory and who if they've got a significant other and what their kids are doing. And I, I wear fun shoes. I, I shop for shoes like a 16-year-old girl. I just bought a bright yellow pair of shoes. So I get a lot of comment now about that. So I always say it makes me faster and jump. With your Oregon Ducks hat. And I do. And I'll say it makes me faster and I can jump higher. It's just, it's got to be fun. It's got to be fun or it's not worth doing. Yeah. Yeah. And there are certain people that are very much like that. And I will say that if you have fun, and that again is subjective for you and your team, if you have fun together, even though there can be incredibly intense challenges, you will rise to those occasions. Your team, like if you think about some of the most challenging times you've ever had at a job, if you had a group of people that you were going through it with, you can probably pull out some good moments of this job sucked, but the people I was with, I'm still friends with to this day. Yeah. Because you went through something together. And yeah. if you can have moments of laughter in those moments of terror and or sheer like panic of, oh, I don't know if we're going to get this done. This is going to be terrifying. That makes a difference in how the workplace feels. Yep. Right. So in our last few minutes here, I do want to say that there is, again, a lot of scientific research out there. If you're interested, 
The book Social by Dr. Matthew Lieberman is an excellent resource as it does dive into the brain science. He is a doctor of psychology or psychiatry or something. He does a lot of brain research. He, he actually looks at the scans and can tell you exactly what's going on in your brain when you're doing things. Excellent resource. And also, creativity happens when you are more playful. So if your team is more playful, if you're working on something and you really need to try and figure things out through whatever methodology it is, whether it's working with people, a project, a different challenge of the numbers, having a little bit of fun and playing something, doing some sort of play actually allows you to be more creative. So take a group of people and give them a bunch of Legos and say, all right, we need to build what you're feeling out of Legos, build an artifact. What does it look like? Those kinds of things, it gets you creatively thinking in such a different manner that oftentimes your brain will start to work on the problem that you're trying to solve, even though you're doing something else. So it's an engagement piece that actually changes your creativity level. So little science stuff there. For you all out there, all of you that are listening right now, thank you so much. We appreciate you. We hope that you have had fun in listening to our podcast. We hope that you play with the people that you are working with in a meaningful way that makes sense to you and your team that brings out the best in everybody. Again, people, processes and procedures, giving back and making the world a better place by being there for people, all forms of play. So whatever works best for you, go out and do that. Make it yours. Own it. Have fun with it. From all of us here at the No More Leadership BS podcast, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please leave us a five-star review on whatever mode you are listening to and ask us any questions. Give us comments and feedback. We appreciate it. You can find us at ask us at nomoreleadershipbs.co or you can find us on the socials. Hit us to know, leave it for us. Let us know what we're doing and have a great rest of your week. Thank you so much for being here. From all of us, have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.